Okay, First Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. <clears throat> to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. And so as I said, we're going to look at incorruptible things, corruptible things and precious things. Um, and and which which ones of these are you or I setting our affections upon? What do we emphasise in our life? Because these things they stare at us from the Word of God. It's pretty obvious that they're there, and uh, they they do track where we're going and how we are doing spiritually. In fact, where one places their emphasis in these points. Could almost, you know, they might people might come to church, but are they for real? <laughs> and uh, they say they're Christians, but are they at, for real? And looking at the way they handle these things that we look at tonight, we could say, well, maybe they're not. Maybe we're not. <laughs> you know, if we're not doing and thinking along these lines. So, in verse four that we just read of chapter one of First Peter, what there is said to be incorruptible okay and inheritance is incorruptible what does incorruptible mean (laughs) can't be spoiled spoiled. doesn't go off (laughs) it can't be robbed it can't be stolen it can't be rusted it can't rot Um, everything in this world will be corruptible is corruptible until eternity rolls on, when you have incorruptible things, then and even there there's the tree of life, remember, that bears its fruit every month, yeah. which is an interesting concept. We bear in one, the, today we have once a year. It's going to be once a month they bear, they bear fruit. But the <clears throat> incorruptible inheritance, that's a promise of God. Now, if we're Christians and we're, we're biblically minded that's what we'll be thinking about because unsaved people what will they think about (laughs) things of the earth earth, which are corruptible and what an importance we ought to place on the eternal things things that are not going to rot not going to rust and not going to corrode away so there's one the inheritance Who's given this inheritance? Dad, mum, grandma, grandpa? No. Even if it was Bill Gates, it's corruptible. And so it's very important to put the emphasis where God puts the emphasis. So an incorruptible inheritance. Chapter 1, verse 18 now. Find the incorruptible thing in verse 18 and 19. For as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now, it doesn't just say incorruptible inheritance this time. You have to think this one, not too hard. It says we're not redeemed with corruptible things, but we are redeemed with what? The blood of Christ, which is? incorruptible it's incorruptible 
That means it cannot be contaminated. It cannot waste away. It was not done for no purpose. It was done for a great purpose, that the Lord's blood was shed for us. And so <clears throat> the blood of Christ is incorruptible, and something else we'll notice a little bit later on about the blood of Christ, and we'll talk of it more then. Chapter 1 and verse 23 this time. And these are all given in Peter. So you see what Peter's thinking? <laughs> and this is later on in his life. You know, when you're young, sometimes the things of the world can crowd in and uh, you think of these things. But as Christians, we ought to be thinking about the incorruptible things. Verse 23 reads, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. What's incorruptible here? The word of God. What does he say? His words do not change. They abide forever. Not one jot or one tittle shall pass from the law till all is fulfilled. And even then the word of the Lord will be for eternity. I think... This, the Bible we've got, it, as it said, will go on for eternity. And by the time we're done, no, we won't be done in eternity. It just keeps going. It's the eternal present. We will know the Bible backwards, inside out and upside down. We'll know the scriptures because a lot of it would have already been fulfilled. But even parts that have been fulfilled now, like the first coming of Christ, we don't remember all the bits of it, do we? We can, we can, if we think it through, we could, yeah, but I don't know where it's found. <laughs> but one day in eternity we will. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will Yep, incorruptible. It's, uh, it's not going to be done away with. They've tried to burn it, <laughs> tried to ban it. Yeah. Remember when they, the, the guy that um, <clears throat> interpreted it into English, he got chased over, was it, to France? And he was writing it in um, translating it there and he was sending it back in sacks of grain because they found out how he was getting it back and and they're trying to get everything and, and, and ban it burn it and, and destroy it but God has his people doing all they could to get the word of God out the incorruptible seed chapter 3 and verse 4 well let's read verse 3 too whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of the plating of hair and the wearing of gold and, or the putting on of apparel, the outward, the temporary. The, 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 you know, we can dress up outwardly, but dress up inwardly, we could say in verse 4, let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit which in the sight of God is of great price the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit let's adorn the new man the christian <laughs> that we are not the not, not be emphasizing the outside you know we don't come shabby yeah <laughs> even the lord in the old testament taught them to dress correctly when they come before the lord but that's not the emphasis the emphasis should be on the inside you can have a person all dressed up and come to church, but on the inside, they're out of church. <laughs> and uh, young people coming with their parents to church can be like that. They've come because we've got to come. But God wants you to come because you're adorning the inside. 
and the whole of our Christian life, we should be adorning the incorruptible new man. It's not going to pass away, is it? The new man, how long is it going to go on for? Eternity. Eternity. And so we're just down here, just, we're just getting started. <laughs> Even if we live for 100 years, we're just getting started adorning and being like the Lord Jesus Christ and making that incorruptible man like it should be. I mean, adorning it, as it says in this verse 4. Um, <clears throat> let's go to corruptible things, and they are mentioned quite often. We'll go to Romans chapter 8 and verses 21, and we'll come back to Peter. We'll go to Second Peter for that. But, uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 21. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So something mentioned here that's corruptible. I mean, it's pretty easy to think of these things, but what is it mentioned that's mentioned there? The creatures. The creatures. Corruptible. A pet dog will die. That cat will die. The cows will all die. Usually get eaten. <laughs> um, the, the creature, no matter how beautiful it looks, will die. I remember when we went to Cairns there many, many years ago and we went out to the reef and um, you, you see pictures on television of the, the fish and all that down there and the coral, but when you see it, it's much brighter, it's more colourful <laughs> than what you see it. As far as I was concerned, it when you put your face down with the snorkel and then just swim above it all. It's pretty spectacular, really. But it's all going to die. It's, they say mass, mass bleaching in the reef. All gone white. It looks pretty dead when it's all dead. But it's corruptible. Everything down here is corruptible. Dog shows, horse shows, cat shows. <laughs> you know, we go home sometimes from church and you go over the bridge to North Street and all the dogs, that's where they have the dog shows there. And they're all running around, running around. the dog's leading them. <laughs> but all going to perish one day. The creatures. And there's a lot of creatures already gone. What do we, what do we call that? Extinction. And uh, mass extinction coming. It's even happening now. <clears throat> Can you remember being around and seeing creatures that are no longer <laughs> around because dogs, cats and foxes are killing them all? There used to be a lot more. We, when we came to Walbury, there was wedge-tailed wedge eagles flying around. And I thought, yeah, you're in the country, but no longer. I haven't seen one for years. Uh, 1080, the poison they put out for... What's it? Foxes, isn't it? Curlews. Rabbits. 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 Curlews are one example. Yeah. Curlews are gone. Yeah, there's one hanging around. You know that that bird makes that noise. <laughs> I think there's one hanging around here. I I hadn't heard it until I was up the coast. Yeah. They make that funny call, don't they? They do. Yeah. I haven't heard one for years. For okay. Years. When I was younger, they were every night they'd be calling out. Yep. Yeah. And so it, creation, as it is, it can't keep going. It's going to, as the Lord said, it's going to be folded up. 
Um, <clears throat> what else? Revelation chapter 19 and verse 2, and this is also in 2 Corinthians 2.17, but Revelation 19 and verse 2. Corrupt things. And we're only touching the few of them. <laughs> and we read, For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore who did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. What's corrupt here? <laughs> and more and more so, even in our day, and we've seen it. False religion. False religion, yeah. False religion is corrupt. It's corrupt. It's rotten to the core. Um, <clears throat> I was talking to a fellow today, and he said, I did, did go to church, went to a Catholic church when I was young, but I dropped all that. It's not like he doesn't believe there's a God. But I said, well, I didn't go to church either. I was raised on a farm. We went to church now and then. And um, <laughs> I was a Christian. You know, you don't have... <laughs> I mean, it's good to come to church, and we, as the Bible says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. But <clears throat> if there's not a church locally to go to, what do you do? We did have meetings and we did go to special meetings that churches had on and eventually a church started. But I was able to say, you know, I didn't go to church, but you can still be a Christian, can't you? In faraway places where you can't get to it. And, and today we've got all this. <laughs> we, can, we can go to church anywhere. <laughs> and uh, tonight there'll be a lot of sermons going up like never before. Uh, praise the Lord for that. But this false religion... And it's already it's talked about in chapter 17 and 18 of the book of Revelation, how it's going to be destroyed. And praise God for that day. But if you get a person that's very committed to their religion, and I said it to him today, I said religion it, it's, it's not, not a thing of God. It's Christianity. It's believing by faith. And just went through and shared the verses. You know, the, I said the, the Philippian, I talked about the Philippian jailer. He asked a question. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? <laughs> what, did that, what was the reply? Believe on Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. He said I didn't, he didn't have to get baptised, he didn't have to go to church. He could get saved right on the spot. And false religion has got them all thinking that they've got to do this and do that. And I said it's not by works that we get to heaven. False religion everywhere today. And, and they're also doing, putting, putting video, TV shows out and things going on. Um, <clears throat> let's go to James not far from there James chapter 5, uh, 5 verse 1 to 3 corruptible things are we emphasising the corruptible things are we emphasising the incorruptible things what's our major in life what are we thinking about what are we looking at chapter 5 verses 1 to 3 Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for the misery that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped treasures together for the last days. <laughs> Just reading a book about last times. And uh, he spent a whole chapter just talking about the connection between riches 
and um, what they do to people and how they become a person's God. And riches is one of the big things. Remember the rich young ruler come to the Lord Jesus? All these things have I done from my youth up. One thing thou lackest. And the one thing he lacked was because he didn't have true faith in the Lord. And that is that he depended on them. And, uh, and, and the, the writer was just saying the more one becomes dependent on it, the more self-reliant one becomes, the less one might, it don't have to be, but the less one might not consider God in the equation and his supplying hand at which he supplies. That's not negating work and the need to do that as well. So riches, rotten, <laughs> rusted and moth-eaten. Heard today or read somewhere of a... She's only about 30. She's the third richest woman in Australia. Three point something billion. Gina Reinhard. Another one. No, it's about 15 billion she's worth. And um, <clears throat> she's only... Th and she just started a, a something to do with computers and things. And um, <clears throat> you, once you're in that position, unless you have a very strong character, you're going to get a hold of you. <laughs> you're going to get a hold of you. And it was interesting to, to have that read there. Not a Christian. But they will be rusted, moth-eaten, the, the garments moth-eaten, <laughs> and eat your, your flesh as it were fire. It won't save on the day of judgment. Corrupted. Um, <clears throat> what else there? The earth. The earth. And this was found in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. Oh no, chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. And all these things that are corruptible, if we put our emphasis on it, they're saying, what am I doing? <laughs> I shouldn't be doing this. I should be putting it on the incorruptible. We read there in verse 10 of chapter 1, And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest. They shall wax old as does a garment, and as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. Where shall we put the emphasis? <laughs> On the earth? It's going to be folded up. Even the scientists say, I, I often wonder, when they say billions and billions of years old, <laughs> you know, if you've got a pot you boil water in, it doesn't take too long to go cold, does it? In the molten centre of the earth, it has to be losing its steam. <laughs> How could it be going have gone for so long and, and still billions and billions of years with the venting of volcanoes and everything else that happens like that. Just some logical thought. <laughs> but it, yes, they will be folded up. They shall be changed. But thou art the same. God doesn't change. <laughs> he won't be folded up. He won't be put in a box. He won't be put away. Um, <clears throat> Let's go to, well, Revelation 21 verse 1 speaks of that too. But Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6 and verses 19 and 20. And here, if you know Matthew, the Beatitudes and that chapter 5, 6 and 7. Uh, 
there we have in verse 19 lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt that sounds like that verse was it back in Peter <laughs> um, <clears throat> and where thieves do not break through and steal for where your treasure is there will your heart be <laughs> so the, the, where the emphasis is what you count as precious to you is where your heart is so possessions we could say in that verse there we should not center things upon our, our <coughs> emphasis should not be upon the possessions you've seen those people that have a hoarding problem is there any hoarders here <laughs> they might be pointing at me <laughs> But you're hoarding, hoarding this and they get to a point where they're not in room to go in, in the room or rooms or the whole house and then the yard fills up and it just comes out and need a clean out. And, and what is it? The council comes in and takes it all away. Yeah, and then they start doing it all over again. <laughs> yep. When I, was, when I was working at the tip, just washing it all in, a yak and dander. I just to come over, come home with more than I went with. <laughs> yeah, there's only a limit when you live on a one block of land. <laughs> you can't spread it around, store it. But possession, conscious. One man's well, treasure is another man's treasure. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Until you get to a point where it mocks you. You go in there. Yeah, you start pulling the men's. I can say to men, start pulling the shed apart, or the things in the shed. I mean, and and look at it and say, when did I last touch this thing? <laughs> Five, ten, twenty years ago, I forgot I even had it. <laughs> you know, and we thought it was worth something at the time. Have you? Has anyone got any stuff they've bought from Bunnings? You know that you've never used yet one day I'll use that <laughs> possessions I th I <clears throat> the, actually the bulldozer because there's no work going on it can work there's no work going on you, guess what's happening to it rusting. it's rusting it's rusting the canopy start rusting I'd imagine in a thousand years it would just be a pile of rust on the ground <laughs> but it when you get on it now, if it hadn't been used for a year, you get on it and start going over some solid ground and there's all rust <laughs> falling in your hair from the canopy. You know, what I really like to do, but it's not, why do it, is fix it all up. I'd like to have it in a working order, but for what? You spend all that money and there's nothing in return. I don't like seeing it rust to bits. Actually, it's been put in a shed lately, I've heard. So it might slow the rust down, but it won't stop it. And it's going to happen to all our possession, possessions. In Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. <clears throat> so the idea is, before it rusts away and that rots, sell it or take it to the tip so it can rot there. <laughs> and... <clears throat> don't leave it for the children to have to clean up when you're gone <laughs> you know 
Yeah, you've been around and you've seen what's happened <laughs> to different people's possessions. In Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 4, by which are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises by these, and this is the one we started with, ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world. The corruption that is in the world. We're going to one day, and it'll be a glorious day, when we escape the, the moral corruption that is in the world. Actually, the discussion today with the chap I was talking to, we're just sitting there in the car, and he said, some things about, it's not too too good around the world, is it? I said, no, it's pretty bad. And so that just leads straight into the <laughs> next one, and it's going to get a lot worse, I said. And I told him, and he, and he was asking questions and listening just for a little time, one or five minutes or so, we had a, a talk. And I said, you know, the most important thing is to get ready to go out of here. <laughs> and um, the moral corruption that has transpired in, in a generation of that we live in now is incredible. If people from our early days, people, you know, 70 years ago, dropped into the world now and hadn't been around for all that time, they would, they would say, how could it have happened? How did it get to this stage? That on the TV, on the phones and everything, I mean, not the technology, the moral collapse of society. And it's happening all around the Western world. And in the book I was reading, they were saying, you know, like America, not in prophecy. Well, it sort of maybe hinted at, they said, as, as we know. But what's going to happen to it? Because it's not mentioned, it's a superpower right now. <laughs> is it, is it going to collapse morally so bad that no one's willing to stand up and fight and, uh, for the country? Yeah, is a rapture going to happen and, and there's not going to be any moral people left? And that's what's going to happen. We're getting so good now that we don't want police anymore. Yeah. Who, who said that just recently? Oh. Some places in America are saying, don't give the police anymore. Oh, yes. Yeah. We don't want police anymore. Yeah, yeah don't finance them. Yeah. But, but here in our country, there was a woman yesterday saying we shouldn't have any jails. What? No jails. Get rid of the jails. <laughs> so what, what happens to all the criminals? Maybe there's as many criminals outside, inside that we give up. <laughs> it's it's coming toward a collapse. Yeah, that's this, that's what it says. Well, <clears throat> yes, corruptible things. Praise God, we're on the incorruptible side. <laughs> we know what incorruption is about and how we can emphasise that. Um, precious things. Precious things. First Peter chapter 1, verse 19. Back there again, and we read it before. But with the precious blood of Christ. It's also incorruptible, but it is precious. When you count something as precious, you look after it, you take care of it, you don't offend it, or you know what, if a person, it's a person, you don't offend them. Christ's blood is precious. If it wasn't for the blood of Christ... How many of us would be going to heaven? None of us. None of us. It's the precious blood of Christ. And, and we have religions <laughs> that say, and even mainline churches say, we don't need the blood. And the Lord said it's precious. 
I went through our hymn book and looked at how many times the word, or how many hymns, and I might not have got them all. The blood is, you know, that's the theme of the song. There's 20 we've got over and over again. There's 20 that mention that. And we're not going to take those out of our hymn book, are we? <laughs> Emphasize the precious blood of Christ in First Peter. Chapter 2 and verse 4, we read, To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Who? What? Who's it talking about there? Coming unto a living stone. Who's the living stone? The Lord Jesus Christ. Disallowed indeed of men, they crucified him. Crucify him, they said. But chosen of God and precious. He is precious. We ought to hold him up as being very precious. Verse 6. Wherefore also it is contained in the scriptures. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and what? Precious. Who's the chief cornerstone? <laughs> Lord Jesus. What do you think Peter had on his mind when he was writing this? Christ is precious. He'd walked with him for three years. He'd given up his fisherman's business to become a disciple of the Lord Jesus. He's at the end of his life. He'd seen his needs met right through life. He was a leader at the church at Jerusalem, Peter and James. And uh, at the end of his life, he's saying, Jesus is precious. He's not a swear word, as many use him as. In verse 7 again, Unto you, therefore, who believe he is precious, but unto them who are disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the hen of the corner. Just wake up, folks. <laughs> He's the head of the corner, and he's not going to be done away with. Christ should be the centre. And that's why in 1 John, the test of a person that is a Christian or not a Christian, one of the tests, by this ye know, you, you know that a person is a Christian, if they what? Confess the Lord Jesus. Confess that they need his shed blood for their sins. Confess that he is the eternal saviour, the eternal God. He has always lived. And any religion that says he's a created being, like some do today, the cults, they're lost. Um, first, uh, second Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. <clears throat> second Peter 1, 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Saviour Jesus Christ. So what's precious here? <laughs> Those that have obtained like precious faith precious faith <clears throat> how do we get saved <laughs> by hearing the word of god faith cometh by hearing we hear the precious word we hear about the precious savior we hear about the precious blood and then we have precious faith <laughs> precious faith you've beaten me <laughs> i've got it down here <laughs> Yes, it is. That's the last one. <laughs> precious. Here, precious faith. They have you got. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and a reward of those that diligently seek him. Um, <clears throat> now let's go to the book of Psalms. Psalm 139 and verse 17. How, how precious also 
are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. What's precious? The thoughts that God has about you and you and you, you know, all of us. He's not willing that any should perish. He looks at a person and says, that's a precious soul. He died for all men. That's how much he values us. And he knows we're going to live forever. You are precious in his sight. You are created by his hand. And we ought to recognize the fact that uh, that's what God thinks of us. And God doesn't want us to perish. So <clears throat> God's thoughts are precious toward us. In second, well, we looked at that one. First Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1. I won't have time to go through all these. Just 1 Samuel 3 and verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was, not, there was no open vision. In other words, it wasn't around much. The word of God had fell upon hard times people were not talking about it. the prophets weren't there the judges weren't there doing what they should have done and here the word of the lord was precious now we know it is precious but here it was as it were rare it wasn't it was hard to find a lot of places in the world now the word of god is hard to be found china russia north korea and places like that the word of the lord is precious um, <clears throat> maybe africa <laughs> it's rare to have the word of the Lord, as Juma said. You know, that, <clears throat> to have the word of the Lord, someone to preach the word of the Lord, someone to teach the people the word of the Lord. Um, <clears throat> we'll just mention a couple others. Lips of knowledge are precious. That is, as you understand the word of the Lord and you share the word of the Lord, the lips of knowledge are precious. Proverbs 20, verse 15. The, <clears throat> the read, well, let's look at this one. This is Psalm 49 and verse... 8, Psalm 49 and verse 8, where we read, For the redemption of their soul is precious, and it ceases, ceaseth forever. The redemption of our soul is precious. When we get saved, what happens? What happens in heaven? It tells us in the New Testament. The angels rejoice. In the presence of the Lord there is rejoicing, because a soul is saved. And so if you look at the averages as souls being saved every minute, and not just a one or two, several of them if you just take the law of averages. And so there's a lot of rejoicing going on in heaven because the redemption of our soul is precious. If you're not redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, which is precious, need to be redeemed. And the last one is the one that Ross stole the finale from me. Psalm 116 and verse 15, and we use this one at funerals often. <clears throat> well, let's start with verse 12. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. 
This person is enamored by the Lord and his salvation. And then he said, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. It's a homecoming. What, what do we say? Promoted to glory. to glory. When a person dies, promoted to glory. No more problems. No more worrying about tomorrow. No more worried about, might catch the bug. <laughs> Corona's after me. I like little William. We call him Billy. When this Corona thing started, he would come, into our, come to our house. He comes on Thursday and he was coming down the stairs. And I'm down there and I coughed. And he stopped in his tracks. And he couldn't say Corona right. I don't know how he said it, Troy, but... You got Rona? <laughs> you got Rona? <laughs> I'm getting out of here. <laughs> we have to be scared of Rona, Corona. <laughs> I think we ought to be more scared of the flu. It's killing, it kills more people. Maybe not this year. <laughs> but, <clears throat> yes, the death of his saints. There's another soul entered glory. And uh, their home, <laughs> a homecoming. For those, but we have to live the life that God wants us until we get there. So, there's a few things that are corruptible, incorruptible, and precious. Where is your emphasis in life? This thing, this book, is precious. What it talks about is precious. Faith is precious. Blood is precious. Make sure you put the emphasis on these things, and you'll do well in your spiritual life.